can't believe you're here. It's so amazing. Well, let me do the intro first. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess you can do it for me. No, no, no. You're on. No, no you. What are we doing? What are we filming? This is Pile of Scrap. Awesome, Mikey. The following is an original audio series from Sierra International Machinery, Pile of Scrap, with your host, John Sacco. I'm here in, in Detroit, well, Sterling Heights. Close Detroit, enough. Detroit, we're in Motown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Motor City. Surprise visit. Oh my God, punked. I'm telling you, for real. It, he told me it was going to be a, you told me it was going to be a Zoom call. Right. I was ready. I was, you know, putting the camera, where's it going to be, FaceTiming my wife, making sure it was a good angle, and then all of a sudden, the power goes out. Yeah, it did. We walked in. As soon as we walked in, there was there was a power surge and a peer, John Sacco. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Godly. Oh, you know, it, it, this is so much fun. And, and, I, and I was wondering if you would figure out, because I posted yesterday on the road again, and I was at JWR in Wisconsin, and I wonder if you ever thought I might be dropping in here. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I... I did I text you or I think I texted you? Yeah. And I was like, you're up early at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, maybe that was uh, in the back of my mind, but I, I honestly, completely shocked. Well, completely. We, we have a meeting after this um, with uh, somebody, somebody important. Somebody very, very important. <laughs> no more important than you. Thank you. But you know what, Mikey? I, you know what? This is so much fun. You know, pile of scrap. I, you, you know, we're going to talk about this funk that you've been in because of COVID-19. Totally. Well, COVID-19 shut me down for my pile of scrap. I did a few Zoom calls. I won't do them anymore. I told my gal, Lindsay, but Lindsay, she goes, we got to need more Zoom. I go, I'll do solo podcasts where I'll get in front of a microphone at home and talk about what I need to talk about. But I will not do a Zoom podcast anymore because they're no fun for me. This is what I thrive on. This is why... You're so good at it. Well, thank you, but it's what I love to do. You know when they say you find something you love... You're not, you'll never work a day in your life. That's this. This, for you. this is it for me. I, this I dig. And so, you know what? It's so much fun to be here with you. You know, you influenced me with your social media. Every day, Mikey Boone was out there. And when I met you. Uh, well, let's the, talk about that really quick. I don't mean to cut you off. Who would have thought that when I met you at the Isri convention and I came up to you and I was this wild, rambunctious, little crazy lunatic who wanted to do something that was way out of your comfort zone and you shot it down, which is fair. Who would have thought that it would have spiraled into us meeting here today and you know, where it, it is? It, it, because it was, it, I started January of 2019 and you, we met April 2018 in Las Vegas yep. when we had the Rebex. Uh, or was that in L.A.? Was it L.A.? Or it was L.A. It was L.A., so that was uh, last year. Yep. Yeah, last year. So it, I just started a little bit, but then it, it just dawned on me that there's a huge power. And Darren, who films and does this for me, said to me, Hey, look, Mikey's got 10,000 people following him. I wish. Not that many. But it, it was, <laughs> I don't remember the number, but it was, it was staggering. And I'm like, we need to do this. And... Uh, Lindsay and, and quick Bo tip, you now have surpassed me on the Sierra page. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, you let's let's get into something right, important yeah. in, in respect to this. You've gone silent, and you shared with me. This is a little tough time for you. Talk it is. to me. Not so. Not business, but talk to me. I am. Um, I'm an emotional person, 
and you know maybe that's to my credit of why it's so fun what I do and 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 I make kind of a comedy out of it you know a lot of it is definitely informative and showing things but I try to make it fun and I just you know I'm sad about where we are in the world about not being able to socialize you know we're keeping our distance right um, I'm sad about so many people not wanting to just have the simple inconvenience of a mask that will protect a lot of people you know maybe you or I don't have to worry as much even we though there's, we have to worry just as much as right the next there's just as much a possibility that my immune system or your immune system could act in a specific way right. that would hurt us and you know there's people out there my civil liber- my civil liberties and you know I I'm not wearing a mask it's a free country but we're not you know we're not it's not that much of an inconvenience so you know that really makes me sad and I can't put forth the effort. And then on top of that, what happened with that George Floyd, I mean, there's just so much sadness right now. I can't put my energy into making people... Comedy takes... So you're, you're, you're kind of down because you're not finding anything funny in today's world. Correct. You know, I would submit to you that don't let the world dictate your happiness you are the captain of your happiness you know and and you know i read a book the power of of your subconscious and one of the things is people always get into i'll be happy when covid 19 is out i'll be happy when i get this contract i'll be happy when this is done i'll be happy so you have to wait to be happy right and you're a happy guy but you know emotional so you know to your credit, Mighty, you know, I can feel it. You know, that I know about you. And you're going to stay positive. you got to stay positive when we move forward. So this funny story, we're sitting, we're in this, I mean, this is so old-fashioned scrapyard, man. This is built in like the 50s, I think. I, I mean, this is awesome. So I'm actually where your brother used to sit. Now, yeah. you guys, you, you and your brother. Literally last week we had, uh, so we're sharing, what is this, an uh, a six by ten office we're in right now. Yeah. And our desks are literally butting up to each other. And finally we had to split off just last week so that we don't kill each other. <laughs> well, that's not a positive thing. But it's positive now that you separate. Absolutely. So you and your brother, look, me and my brother are partners. Okay? 50-50. My brother Philip and I, we have just our like scrap, us. We have our scrap operation. We have the equipment company. And uh, Philip runs the scrap yard, I run the equipment company. Um and that's always been good separation. My dad had set it up that way. Because, Smart. You know, and are you, is one guy non-Ferris, one guy Ferris? How does that work with the you guys here at So, Adam? we are just now developing a structure like that. So, just recently, it's been more my brother is doing some of the majority of the non-Ferris sales. I'm doing all of the steel and iron sales. Um... He does more of the running of the yard and the people. I do more of the customer service, landing accounts, handling them. Industrials. Industrials. Um, I do all of the dispatch currently. Um, I'm in charge of you know keeping track of the maintenance and mm-hmm. making sure our maintenance uh, tech is. So you guys are a two-man show in an area where you're surrounded by just giants. Mon- of the, some monsters. Just in the giants field. of the industry. Yes. But you, you've carving out a niche. Yes. Hustle 
you know, you, you, your, your brothers that are hustling. You know, you guys, you two, even though you're fourth generation, right? Yep. Well, I want you to go back to that story. Sure. You're both fourth generation, but you're the two. You're your great grandfather right now. Yeah. You and your brother are that original because you still, even though you're starting, but you had something. You guys are having to build it. You're fighting. That's right. You That's loving right. it? So, I want to touch on that. So, even though I'm sad right now, this industry makes me excited every day. So. I do love it. I like there are moments when I'm at home with my wife, and we're in bed and we're watching TV, and I'm just like, you know, I really love what I do. I really do. I love making deals. I love meeting people. I love going to these factories, plants, and seeing what they're making, the machines they're using. I love all of that. Well, that's it. You love it. And your brother. I mean, I've enjoyed. You know, I've, you and I know each other. Now. We've talked many of times. Yep. And I want to commend you on something. We did your yard tour. How many times did I talk to you and you have finally done it? You've got your safety. Yes. You've got your safety program. I owe it all to you. I really do. I applaud you. Thank you. Because it's not, it's a cultural thing. It is. And safety is a journey. You never arrive because every day starts the new journey. But you've done it. You got the hard hats and you got the vest and your glasses. So, you know. It's, it's every day. So yeah. who's in charge of safety, you or your brother? So we had an operations manager who was in charge of all that. Unfortunately, we lost him in February. So now me and my brother are Where'd both. Where'd you hide him? Where'd I hide him? <laughs> <laughs> well, you lost him. He's yeah, alive, yeah. right? Yes, he is. Okay. Um, so me and my brother are both tackling it the best we can, you know, picking up the slack for the meetings. Most of the meetings we try to keep super positive, commending the guys of doing safety, you know, wearing their helmets, um, and nowadays, you know, more of saying, great job, you know, wearing your mask, you know, because we want to protect everybody as best as we can. As I told you, and, and, and this is important because you know what? You two are the young and you're in here and, and you're, you're so busy doing what you're doing. And when I, we talked about it and you, and you said, you're right. And it starts at the top. Everything starts up. Right. Look, I see your relationships with your customers from social media. I see what you do. And. You're leading. Thank you. Now that you're leading with safety, that's changing here in the yard too, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. 100,000%. So, you know, let's go back. You want to talk about, let's go back and talk about the Foon family and the, the grandpas and the sure. great grandpa. Talk to, talk to me about that. So, fourth generation, long history of scrapping here what year in the did it Detroit start? area. I, you know, I don't know exactly when my great-grandfather started, but it started so long ago that he was on a horse and buggy that he rented for a dollar a day. My dad loves to tell the story that the horse that he rented one day died at the corner of an intersection, and he got a ticket from a police officer because he was impeding traffic. And, the, and my great-grandfather was like, well, sir, I can't move the horse. It, it died. So that's one of the funny stories. Where did the Foon family originate from? Um, Are you European descent? Yes, yes. Um, you know, I don't know exactly. I think Poland. Okay. I should know these answers much better. No, it is <laughs> what it is. Well, see, look, I, my father came from Italy, and anybody who listens to Pile Scrap already knows that. Sure. But, you know, look, I, I get it, you know. I'm only second generation. You're fourth, you're down the line, but you're still in it. Man. Yeah. So, so horse and buggy, picking up, 
and then obviously next generation they had a truck. Did you come down here when your grandfather was running or just only when your dad? So the story goes my dad and grandfather were on a truck together and then 20 years ago, well this is the 21st year, 2019 we celebrate our 20th year here at Admiral. So before that <clears throat> my dad was only on a truck. He was just a peddler. He had some accounts he would pick up from every day, every week and just sell to the scrapyards. So 20 years ago, my dad was like, I can do this. Why can't I go put my stake in the ground and people bring me scrap? And I can also take my plant scrap back and have more volume to require a better value and I can shop instead of so unloading. Was Admiral Metals what your dad started? So or my dad, Okay, yes. and so would I be correct in saying the A was so you'd be early in the yellow pages? 100%. 100%. <laughs> There's no yellow pages today. Amazing, right? Yeah. So so 20 years ago, my dad was like, I can do this. I'm going to do this. My grandfather wanted no part of it. Them on the truck together, my grandfather goes, I am not doing this. And there's a million stories about how my dad tried to convince my grandfather to buy out a little a littler place than this, you know, start something, and my grandfather was just, no, no, no. I don't want to, I don't want the overhead. You know, we're making good money, doing what we're doing. My grandfather would spend four or five months of the year in Florida. Right. Didn't want the overhead, the employees, the nightmare. And, you know, that made sense. But my dad said, well, I don't want to be on the truck every day anymore. You know, the same things that you don't want, the vice versa, I don't want. So my dad found another guy who wanted to get off of his truck also, and then they started this place. So you call your, what do you call your dad? King of scrap? What do you, I do. I've nominated him as the king of scrap. Self-proclaimed by me. Because yeah, I've seen that on your, your social media where, you, where your dad is now full-time in Florida? Or? No. No. No? No. He, uh, he now gets to enjoy like his father did and goes for, I don't know exactly how many months it's been changing, but he went this year from right after Thanksgiving and then just got back a couple weeks ago. And whereabouts in Florida? He's uh, in Boynton Beach. Where's that? It's by Boca, okay. by uh, Fort Lauderdale. Now, are you going to follow the same footsteps and bail out of here in the depths of winter, or are you just, you're here? Not anytime soon. No. no I, I, you're I'm, building your business. Right, exactly. I'm the operations manager. I'm the sales manager. I'm I'm here. Yeah, it's, it's tough to be away. Uh, those days are definitely, you know, the generation before us, a lot of people, the snowbirds, you know, they would leave... New England and head down to Florida here, you know, or down to, to some to Arizona, wherever, or down to the Palm Desert in that area. So it's that is interesting. So you and your brother, you're young, you're battling it. What's Admiral Metals in five years? That's an absolutely great question. So this year, before March, you know, before the COVID was like locked down, me and my brother were really, really looking to open up a second location or move to a larger location in the same vicinity. Obviously those plans are probably on hold. So I would say that in five years we have another location. Who's the biggest risk taker between you and your brother? It's funny because I'm definitely risk averse, but I'm the one that will take the risk and you know make the final decision. So my brother's probably the bigger risk taker. He's willing to do it right away. But since we're 50-50, he can't just carte Good. blanche and do it. So 
He is, but ultimately, I feel the risk is all on me when it's I shouldn't feel that way. It's, it's not, both I, of us. But it's 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 your nature, you know. Look, I'm very risk averse, but you know, you count your chips, you figure out what you can put on the table at the time for whatever investment sure. you're making, and and as long as you know that you're not that, you know, all in is you're here every day, but all in on an investment that if it doesn't go right, you know. You know, that, that's tough, right. and I get it, because that's how we were raised. Okay, that's how I was raised. And But you, you, sometimes you got to get out there. And so, five years, where are we going to be? I think we'll have another location at a minimum. Um, you know, it still could possibly happen this year. It's just, you know, there's been quite a big... Yeah, the, the, the world's got to get back to some normal rotation, if right. you will. It's, right. We're off our axes right now. But to be realistic, I mean... There is something, no matter what day, time, year, throughout the last over a decade I've been doing this, that I could say, oh, not right now, I'm scared of this. If not now, then when, right? You know, I'm a little older than you, and I've gone through, you know, the first Gulf War economy was just just horrific, okay? And then, um, 98, and we just started coming out of it. In 2001 and then 9-11, world stopped again. Came out of it, 2008, the world stopped. That's when we opened up our Jessup plant. 2008, October, wow. when the world stopped. Right. That right. was. I remember steel was 800 a ton and then boom. $100 a ton. <laughs> and, and so we opened up Jessup. It's like, oh, great timing, John. So, you know, I've been through... Ups and downs. Ups and downs, and uh, I, we have survived it all because we we've my brother and I have invested everything back into us here. I mean, we what we have outside the company, it's everything we have really. Our our, our eggs are in Sierra, but in different aspects because we have the recycling company. A nice portfolio. I think we do. You and your brother are going to build that. That's the goal. That is the goal. Now I see the pictures of your kids. You got twins. I do, a boy and a girl. And your brother has twins. He has two girls. We're just we're building our scrap force. <laughs> you're gonna have a whole. You're gonna own Northern Michigan, right? Yeah. Or Northern. Do you dream of them coming in? I do, and it's funny because I was staunchly against being in this business until, like, right before I was like, I'm going to the scrap business. I was like, I'm never doing this. Where, where were never you doing do anything but. And how old were you when you said, did you go to college? I did. I went to Michigan State University, graduated, and then I moved to Chicago. Great city, though. Love Chicago. Miss it like crazy. <laughs> Chicago's a great city. And I and I ended up in the third-party logistics company. Okay. And I was, you know, routing freight, brokering freight. And I was just like, you know, I could do this and make money. I could do something else, great, whatever. But my dad is a business. Maybe I can take it a step further. My, you know, I never lacked anything. You know, there was a part of my life where my dad was just a peddler. Right. A lot, a majority of my life, up to that point. And then he had the scrapyard, which, thank God, did well and didn't have to shut it down because those were tough times in '99, I think it was or whatever. Um, so. Just a light bulb went off and was like, you know, I could really do something and help the business. I'm moving home. 
And also, I needed to get here and into the business before my brother, so that he, my little brother would be my boss. Where was he at the time you came? <laughs> he was still in college Where for was one he? more year, or maybe two Where did he go to school? MSU also. Okay, so you guys are Spartans, you're not Wolverines? Correct. Or you just couldn't get into Michigan? I mean, let's be honest, why, 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 that's why a brutal... Of course I couldn't get in. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, no, you that's know. why I'm in the scrap business, I'm not an investment banker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, you know, listen, it... The experience of college is, is, I think, a lot of it is about life. In those, days. I agree. The, the time away so from the life. house, totally. And my I'm doc, no scholar. Yeah, I'm no scholar. Neither am I, brother. I, I, I graduated with a 2.0. I think I was I like a 2.1. Oh, you're smarter. Than I me. was literally <laughs> sweating, dripping bullets when I was waiting to see if I passed, if I was going to go to graduation. Me too. Safe story. <laughs> Identical story. My daughter's starting her senior year at uh, USC in August, and um, you know that uh, the fact that she got in is—I uh, don't know how. I mean, I do know how. She's a proud dad. She's a smart girl, and, and you know she's got big things. And, you, know, my, you know, it's funny. People ask me about my kids in the business. Okay. My dream is for them to live their dream. Whatever it may be. Whatever that dream. I want them happy. All I want is them to be happy and healthy. That, that's it. That's all you want for as a father for any of your children. It, but it's powerful for me, Mikey. Powerful, so powerful that I, I don't... Jamana, you go do what you want. She's working for Boeing this summer as an intern, and she's really thrilled with it. And Giancarlo, uh, he's going to be a senior in high school, and he's he's really working hard on his golf game. And... and uh, he loves golf. And awesome. I want him to try it. Try to be great at golf. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Absolutely. Because he loves it. You don't ever have to say, hey, you, you're going to go practice that. He's always up to practice. So that's my dream. But So for your kids, you guys, you and your brother, you got a force here. You, I tell George Adams this. Okay, George, S.A. Recycling, they're monsters, right? Yeah. He's got a lot of boys. But George, you buying too many yards. You're running out of sons to run them. <laughs> That's now he's putting him in charge of regions. That's so funny. But that's cool. That's yeah. cool. And so you bring him down here? Yes. Um, I love there. So my kids are going to be three. My twins, Easton and Riley, they're going to be three July fourteenth. And it's just so great to have when they're here. They're like, I want to go on the Bobcat. I want to go on the Material Handler. I want to. You know, I love that little the, nah, the little spark. Yeah, my nephew uh, Philip. Um, brother's son at seven years old used to run the excavator shear amazing he, he'd come down there my grandfather italians of course they called him no no and so he no no can i run that so they'd get in there and let him play. give us a great video game player so you know, sure joy, joy stick what so he, kid was a natural he's a pilot now so he was a natural eye hand type thing so he the kid all he ever wanted to do was be kids love that the in equipment. this industry they love it yeah so so yeah for me i was like against it you know i have a bunch of friends that went to u of m investment bankers lawyers whatever and i was like i'm not gonna get dirty my dad drives a truck every day my dad you know manual labor i was against it all the way up until the day i was like i gotta do it i gotta do it and i'm so glad that i did you also do maintenance you, you pull those wrenches too no let me let me rephrase i don't do the maintenance I do the coordinating of Okay, I didn't, I, I didn't I know I can you. barely change a light bulb. Okay, okay you and me both. Let's, okay. let's, let's I get that straight. I am not a grease monkey. No, no, no. You no. know, pop the hood of a car and I look in it. No. 
You're like you're like that that meme I see of the hot girl in the dress that takes the oil, pops it, and just dumps it over the engine. That's you. <laughs> I'm not hot, and I'm not a girl. <laughs> the premise is what I was going for. Got it. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Michigan. Yeah. You guys been shut down. Yes. What what is the status today? Here we are. We're June 25th. What what's our status here in uh, Michigan? Um. I think pretty much everything has reopened, except for, I think I read an article this morning early that the governor said that the gyms can't reopen, but I thought they were open as of last week, so I'm a little confused. But, you know, we're, everything's back reopened for the most part. You know, we're doing social distancing, we're wearing masks, um, just doing our part as best as we can to continue to drive down the numbers yeah. Because we were hit very hard. Well, it's true, and um, testing availability has skyrocketed. So, you know, uh, we're going to have more cases because we have far greater testing. Yep. Let's hope that, uh, let's just hope they find something to stop this thing because it's crazy. You know, it's funny. When it first started, I had fear, okay, about it. But then as we went, and I go to work every day, and you know, my mask and social distancing. So the fear went away. I have more fear about it in the last two weeks as I come back again. You know, we got to live, though. You can't live inside a house. You right. got to feed the family. People got to see if you, you know, do the things we're supposed to do to keep in your hands clean. Don't touch your face. Don't, you know, some of these things. And stay healthy. Yeah. So many people who are obese, so many people who have diabetes and heart disease, those are your high, high risk. Now, not to say we're not risk. Right. Yeah, we're at yeah, risk. No. I don't know anybody get me wrong saying I'm not. But, yeah, it, it's a serious thing. And it's serious times, but you know, Mike, I, 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 I walked your yard today. There's huge opportunity for you still here. And we talked about that. Yep. And I'm not just doing that as a salesman of equipment because I think our relationship, we don't have that. I'm not selling you anything, but I do know right. a little bit about processing scrap. Not a little bit. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Well, you know, the point is, is, you know, we're exchanging information. Right. And that's what I love. And that's, that's why, again, let's circle back to, to punking it coming out here. <laughs> I just loved it. I, go, I called Lindsay. Lindsay, make sure you send him the link. And right. Because he's all on. Dude, you got me. So, my brother's like, I think someone's walking in here with a camera. I was like, no way. There's no way. And then it was you. It was amazing. <laughs> he looks at the window. He goes, I know you. I go, don't, 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 don't say it. <laughs> and he handed you my I card. I love it. He handed, love, he handed you, and what did you say? What's, what, what, you, I was like, where did you get that from? And then, poof, you appeared. <laughs> Amazing. That's what makes this fun, right? I agree. Look at this. You're all the way here. I'm out in California. We've met only one time before yep. at an ISRI convention. We've stayed in contact. Yep. We've become friends. I consider you a friend. I really do. Agreed. And we're having fun. Of course. Why not? Yeah. Serious times, but they can't steal that from us. No, and they're I, not going to steal that away from me. And and I, I know that I, you know, mentioned that I'm sad and all that stuff. But I, I'm still excited every day about the business. I haven't missed one day of work. 
even when we were shut down, you know, we're essential. Just, you know, we as you essential. said, we're part of that supply chain. And I was still excited to come to work every single day. And, you know, I tote that I scrap every day. That's my famous hashtag. And I have been. Right. Don't worry. I have been. Minus we do about. what you do every day. I love that one. You know, look, so many people do not realize that nothing gets made in this country without recycled recycling. Totally. You think those auto plants, how much scrap comes from? What, what's it? Scrap, scrap, aluminum, steel. Every, what's it? It's everything. made back into new vehicles. Right. Right. Copper for all the like, ventilators. Okay, let's go back to what what do they need? Ventilators for COVID. I have some plants that all their only work from March to I don't know when their date was. They were only making parts for ventilators. And, and, and those parts are made out of recycled materials. How about all the paper products? You know, I deal in paper. You guys don't, but I deal in cardboard packaging products, tissue paper, you know, and without us, without this industry, we wouldn't have any more trees, we wouldn't breathe, we'd be dead. <laughs> right? Am I wrong when I no, say that? We, we, well, <laughs> but without us, things just aren't going to get made. Correct. The products that we consume from, you know, it, it comes from recycled material, most of it. So, you know, I think the message of we are an essential business, not because we want to be open, because the fact is, right. without recycling, nothing gets made. Right. Look, steel mills that are electric art furnaces, EAS, what do they use? Scrap. So recycled scrap, yeah. That's to it. make new steel. That's it. So people don't know that. People don't know what what we're doing. And so I think pile of scrap, you know, and that's why I love having you on this and, and the people we've had. People are getting educated about, really, this industry of course. is kind of a under the radar. It's kind of like... Eh. But the stigma we have of being dirty and disgusting. It's a tough word. I hate the stigma. hate it. The the things that, that I've read about uh, in California, it just is sickening. You would think that the tree huggers would be all for the recycling. <laughs> they are. But they don't understand what, what it, it takes. takes. And, and, and it's the myopic view. Look, if we can educate people that our industry, we're trying to be safer. We are environment. We are the original environments. I say it every podcast. The scrap, recyclers, paper, plastic, metals. We are the original environmentalists because we have been taking the stuff that would have went to a landfill and repurposing it. Absolutely, it's not waste. Scrap is not waste because it's a commodity. Right. So if it has value, how can it be waste? Agreed. So, you know, that's part of part of what pile of scrap is. Let's get that message out, Mikey. Let's keep it up. And, and it's incumbent upon you and your community to let that message. And you've done it. I want you to be back out there on your social media. I will. Be. Talking about the essential of what it is we're doing. How taking a, a product, a byproduct from manufacturing, packaging it, and get it back to the melters, to put it back into U.S. manufacturing what we do without us they can't use the scrap metal yeah they just can't we have to process it so that they can reuse it absolutely so they can you know the repurposing is well said look mikey you know what this is so awesome it's it so much fun to be this here. has been a long time coming and you didn't see this one coming this is no. a honey maker for that I, you i'm didn't telling see you it. i thought it was going to be a zoom call this is so much better <laughs> Isn't it? Oh. See, for me, this fires me up. I love. This is what I love doing. I love the, the, the interaction with people, 
And you know what? I thank you. Thank you and your brother both for hosting. Um, you know, I just met your brother for the first time today. I can't believe that, but it, it makes sense. You would have met him in Israel. Yeah, but we were I, both going to be there. But it was yeah. But you. So you know what? Thank you. Thank you for spending the time with me today, touring your yard. Thank you for what you do and who you are, the kind of person you are. Thank you. So you want to close it out? This has been another episode of Pile of Scrap. My man! <laughs> this has been a Sierra International Machinery original audio series. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast and make sure to subscribe.